Welcome, Bulls Nation, to another episode of the Rebuildable Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Gentile, and we are just weeks away from the NBA draft. And this is going to be a big one for the Chicago Bulls. We all know about all the changes that have occurred in the front office, at head coach, and with the number four pick in the draft, this can be a significant addition to an already young and growing roster. So we've heard some of the names. You know, at the top of the draft, we keep hearing about LaMelo Ball and James Wiseman and Anthony Edwards. But there's some interesting names being thrown around that uh, could be available if the Bulls stand pat at number four. We've been hearing names like Denny Avdia, Killian Hayes, Tyrese Halliburton out of Iowa State. Don't get, a, don't get scared, Bulls Nation. There's no more guard packs. We all know that the, the Iowa State connection is, is all but gone, but this is an interesting prospect. But there's interesting names being tossed around. I want to start to get a little more familiar with these names and talk more about these potential options that could be available at number four and pick the brains of some people to see if maybe it is possible if the Bulls move up to number two or maybe even number one. We kicked around the idea last week when I was talking about Zach Levine and and the trade rumors going on about him and possibly the number four pick. And look, I I told you that I wouldn't ever rule it out, but I kind of hope that we can have the best of both worlds. Can the Chicago Bulls get a player of impact and keep Zach Levine? Because I think that's the best case scenario to see how this young core does and if they can eventually attract somebody of note in 2021. I think that's the best route to getting there. But we're going to have Josh Jay from ONTAP Sportsnet and the Bullish Hoops podcast to join us to talk about some of these players. Because I know he's been on the LaMelo Ball bandwagon for a while. And that's definitely somebody I want to pick his brain about. But he also has, I know, some good thoughts about some of the other names floating out there for the Chicago Bulls. So without further ado, let's bring him on. Josh, how's it going, my friend? Hey, what's up, Matt? You know, it's been a while. I uh, haven't really been on the mic in, in a fair bit. Obviously, at Bullish Troops, we've been a bit quiet lately. But, you know, thanks for bringing me on. And uh, we actually have a lot to talk about with this draft coming up, coming up and you know, a lot of other Bulls news. Absolutely. And, you know, in, in our last episode of the Rebuildable podcast, we talked about some of the speculation that's been going on. You keep hearing rumblings potentially that Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley are looking to make an impact and maybe move up to one or two. Do you think that's something that actually could happen or do you think that's just sort of uh, smoke and mirrors? It's crazy because we haven't, we've seen with the Bulls is that I've, one thing I've noticed too is that the media uh, covering the Bulls don't have the same relationship with this new front office as they did with uh, uh, previous with Paxson and then Gar Foreman. So, you know, I think right now, even a lot of uh, people close to the, I don't really think there's a lot of people close to the Bulls at the moment. I don't really think anybody has that much of an idea as to what uh, AK and Mark Eversley are going to do. I think they've been doing a lot, a lot of work behind the scenes. They've, they've pretty much stayed out of the media. And I really, I really do think. Uh, to expect the unexpected with him. Uh, I know AK likes to gamble a bit with his draft picks. He has done that in recent years. Uh, I mean, it's crazy the possibilities the Bulls could go with his pick, being that you know, he could move up, could move down, and they're in a position to do so, especially in a slightly weaker draft class. But um, yeah, in terms of AK, I mean, he's just so unpredictable. We don't really know a lot about his personality and how he likes to you know play his cards. Um, so I really think it's all, you know, I would say it's just all rumors at the moment, a lot of speculation, but um. I guess we'll get a bit more clarity as we get a bit closer to the draft, I would think. You know, it's very interesting that you you brought up the sort of um, 
different relationship the media that covers the Bulls has with this front office. And I actually brought that up on a previous podcast that, you know, Casey Johnson had always been really connected with with the Garpax front office. And I think um, you're kind of noticing that a lot of the news being broken about the Bulls is coming from national guys right now. Like, Woj was the first one to the Billy Donovan news. And, you know, usually back in the day, it was always Casey or, you know, Joe Colley that was breaking those stories. And it, it seems like we're kind of joining the fold with the rest of the NBA where it's the national guys that really get a, a beat on a lot of these stories now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look at a guy like Woj, and I know Woj and AK have a relationship in the past. Uh, AK's been on his podcast, and I am I heard that they go way back uh, too. So, you know, I think I, I'm not really sure, uh, you know, how, how this is going to result in, you know, Casey getting his spills as he usually does. But, you know, it's definitely interesting, as, as you mentioned, to see, you know, guys like Cowley, who had all the, had all the news on the late, on the front office news when it first happened. You know, Cowley had a lot of stuff coming up, and now, you know, we rarely seeing anything from him in terms of Bulls rumors. I mean, AK has clearly shown that you know he wants to move in silence with his uh, with his draft, especially, and you know his plans haven't really been revealed yet, like some of these other teams that we've seen in the news. Mm-hmm. And one of the pieces of speculation I think is if the Bulls are moving up, they probably have their eyes set on a guy like Lamelo Ball, and it seems like Lamelo Ball is the consensus number one for a lot of people in this draft. And I know it's somebody that you were high on. You mentioned him when when you popped on Rebuild the Bull just before the summer. Is that the guy that that you're still got your your eyes set on for the Chicago Bulls? Are you hoping he falls to the Bulls or that they could go up and get him? Yeah, so I mean, Lamelo Ball, in my opinion, is is going to be is already the best player in this draft, and I think he's going to be the best player, assuming he hits something close to his ceiling. You know, he's a six seven point guard with a seven foot wingspan. Uh, he's the modern day guy that. You know, you can hope eventually can play positions one, two, and three. You know, he's he's an elite passer. He's going to be one of the best passers to come into the league in a while. And obviously, his physical makeup is is pretty outstanding. So, you know, if, if the Bulls get a chance, if the Bulls get any chance at getting Lamelo Ball, whether that be he falls him at four, which I think would be a complete, uh, you know, a complete steal for the Bulls if he drops to four, or you know, they trade up, give out an asset to to pick him up. You know, I think that Lamelo should be a guy very high on the Bulls' radar, especially a team that was, I, I believe, 27th in assists last season and uh, really struggled to move the ball and find open shooters. So, you know, bringing in a playmaker is something the Bulls need to do in, in this draft one way or another. And obviously, Lamelo Ball is definitely the best playmaker in this draft, the best passer. So, you know, any chance the Bulls can get to get their hands on Lamelo, I definitely think they should go for it. In the opener before you hopped on here, I, I mentioned that, you know, really the, uh, the best case scenario for the Bulls would be if he miraculously does fall to number four because... You would love to see a scenario where you could keep Zach Levine potentially and have him roll out with LaMelo Ball, Laurie Markkinen, Otto Porter, Wendell Carter Jr., and then you have Kobe White coming off the bench as as your spark plug. With Billy Donovan and, and really trying to build this young core would be, I think, the absolute best-case scenario to have Zach still in the picture with a guy like LaMelo Ball. You know, I, I see a lot of people complaining about the idea of the Bulls bringing in, not even LaMelo, but, you know, another point guard like Killian Hayes, you know, any, any one of these guys, just because they think it's going to create, obviously, a logjam in the backcourt, having, obviously, Zach and now Kobe, and then you bring in somebody else. But, you know, how I view this is that the Bulls aren't really in a position to draft on best fit in this in this class, just because, you know, are, how many games did they win last season? 25, something like that? You know, they're not really in a position to, you know, be able to draft around fit. I think AK still needs to find, you know, he needs to get his best roster available. And even if that means a year down the stretch for him to make a decision on, on Zach or Kobe or whatever it may be, you know, I think that um, 
the Bulls just have to get this draft right and, you know, bringing in a point guard is definitely what they need. So you, you bring up Killian Hayes, and Killian Hayes is somebody that I'm very high on if the Bulls are still sitting there at number four and Lamelo is off the board. What is it that, that you like about what Killian Hayes could bring to the table on this Bulls roster? Yeah, so if I see any point guard dropping of, of at least being available at, at pick four, it's going to be Hayes. And you know, while I, why I like Hayes is just because his game reminds you a lot of either, I mean, you could say D'Angelo Russell, uh, or you could say he has a little bit of James Harden to him. You know, he's got he's got some really nasty uh, crossover and dribbling dribbling ability. You know, he's proven he can pass in the half court set. He can run pick and roll really well. He's good at getting his shooters open and finding cutters, slashes, you know, all that sort of stuff. And I think he's, you know, he's obviously very young. I think he may still be eighteen or he might be nineteen now. But uh, you know, he's got amazing upside. And if he can get his whole game together, you know, he's got a really nice wingspan. He has he brings positional size at six foot five and. You know, if he can get his game together, he's going to be a very, very good player, a very good two-way player. And, um, you know, I think that's going to fix a few issues of the Bulls, you know, with Kobe and Zach obviously not being, you know, you wouldn't really say positive defenders. And Hayes, I feel like from straight away, is going to be a decent shooter out of, straight out of the block, and he's also going to be a good defender. You know, another uh, playmaking point guard that, that keeps being tossed around as a potential option is uh, Tyrese Halliburton. I don't know. Do you think some of the mocks have him going a little bit later? Do you think that would be a bit of a reach at four, or do you think that's somebody that makes sense for this team at that spot? Yeah, so that's interesting because um, I'm I've spoken to a couple of people who have connections within uh, ESPN and a few NBA uh, scouts in the Eastern Conference, and I've been told that uh, NBA Twitter, not necessarily Twitter, but you know the draft analyst guys view Killian Hayes a lot higher than. Uh, how the NBA views him, which is pretty interesting. So, you know, obviously we see uh, Kevin O'Connor had Killian Hayes as, as his number one in his big board, uh, whereas I feel like NBA teams see him in the in maybe the 7 to 10 range sort of thing, maybe a little bit lower than that. And as for Halliburton, I do think he would be a reacher for. Uh, I know that teams do love him. Um, but, yeah, at four, I think he's probably a reach. I think the idea of picking him would be uh, in, in a trade down in this draft, picking up another asset, maybe a future draft pick. Uh, someone they could do business with is the Boston Celtics, who obviously have three first-round picks this year. Maybe they could do something like that if they really wanted to move down in this draft. But, you know, I like Halle Burden. He obviously brings positional sides again. You know, he can pass and he can shoot. And I think he'd be he'd be a good fit on this team if the Bulls, you know, see that. And obviously, you know, he's not going to – he's going to be on the board at 10, I would say. Like, he's going to be one of those late lottery type guys. And I think – I know some Bulls fans have, like, Garpax PTSD and – you know, whenever you see somebody from Iowa State, it, it kind of makes you makes you shrivel a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'd say with Halliburton, you know, he's going to be a safe player. I, I wouldn't necessarily give him all NBA upside or, you know, if he hits his max ceiling, like I would give a guy like LaMelo Ball or maybe Hayes. But I think with Halliburton, you're still going to get, you know, a good shooter spotting up. You know, he can run a little bit of your offense. He's a decent passer, a decent playmaker. I think he's, he'd be a safe pick if a Bulls were to trade down and get him. But, you know, for me, he just doesn't really scream – uh, star upside, you know, like some of these other guys do. So at the end of the day, if the Bulls do take him, I wouldn't be necessarily annoyed with it or frustrated. I'd still like the pick, but, you know, I do think that there there are better options out there. So like I was saying, I, I'm I'm high on, on Killian Hayes at that number four spot if if the uh, draft board holds the form. But one guy that I'm starting to, to definitely buy into, and I think there's other fans in Bulls Nation buying into this guy, because uh, he definitely checks a lot of the boxes that I think a lot of people are looking for is uh, Denny Avdia. 
Um, what are your thoughts on him? Is that somebody that, that, that you like, or are you not buying the hype that, that seems to be building with him? Yeah, so I did a lot of work on Denny a couple of months ago. Uh, I think I put shared some of that on Twitter. I wrote a couple of pieces on him. And, you know, he's been one of my favorite guys in this class for, for a while now. And if the Bulls could scoop him up at four, you know, I think that would be a, a very, very good selection. And, you know, I, I do understand the concerns of the poor free throw percentage this season. Obviously, he's never been most consistent shooter, but he has definitely worked on his form over the recent months. You've seen a lot of clips of him shooting. And honestly, his, his motion looks really, really good. Um, and I think there's also the concern there that, you know, he's, he's more of a power forward than a small forward and he may not be able to hold his own against other threes defensively. But uh, at, at the end of the day, I think he does tick a lot, a lot of boxes, as you said, for what this team needs. You know, he can finish at the rim. Uh, he's got a strong passing game. He's not going to be a guy that runs your off- offense necessarily, but uh, he, he can pass a little bit, run a bit of pick and roll. And I think that, you know, he's just got a lot of traits that, you know, could make this team tick for the Bulls. He can get to the rim. He gets to the line a bit. You know, if he gets his shooting down, he can he can spot up. I think that's going to uh, add tremendous value. But you know, defensively, he's a great team defender. And um, yeah, I, I do think Denny is going to be a legitimate NBA player. I do understand you know the concerns people have with what I just mentioned. But you know, I think I think if the Bulls can get him at four, that you know Denny would be a definitely a nice piece to add. What are some other names that you think you could see the Bulls taking at at number four? You know, so we, we brought up Killian Hayes, we brought up Denny, Tyrese Halliburton. What are some other names that you could potentially see that, that could be out there at number four? Yeah, so at four, this may sound like a reach, but I would probably have to say Isaac Okoro out of Auburn University. You know, he's a he's been linked to Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler, obviously a much flawed, uh, a lot more flawed as an offensive player, but defensively he, he was stellar, you know, He's a great uh, steals guy, great on the perimeter, moves his feet extremely well. He can finish at the room and pass a little bit. Uh, another guy who I've you know, brought up a few a few times and had conversations with guys about is Devin Vassell from Florida State. Uh, another small forward. I think he's 6'7". He's got a nice wingspan. Uh, he's been linked to Paul George, Chris Middleton. Very, very good shooter. I think he's got a little bit more to his game in terms of uh, being that off-the-dribble scorer guy. But, you know, he's going to come into the league as a good three-point shooter and a good defender. So if the Bulls decide not to address the point guard situation and let it go with uh, with Kobe at the one and Zach at the two and keeping, you know, Tomas having done on the qualifying offer, just the same guys as last season, and then, then uh, they decide to bring in a small foot of his draft pick, then, you know, I would be a big fan if they got Devin Vassell. I think he's one of the guys that have, that have got that has gone a little bit unnoticed uh, so far. But you know, there's definitely a reason that uh, he should have a lot more hype to his name. We brought up the rumor about potentially moving up about that speculation, and I'm actually kind of curious though. Ahead of that number four pick, I mean, do you think the draft's going to hold the form with what you're seeing in a lot of the box? Meaning, you know, do you think it's going to be Lamelo, Wiseman, Edwards, and some variation in that top three? Or do you think a, a team could wreck the uh, the order of the the draft? Yeah, I definitely think it's interesting. I would I would probably say if Minnesota keep it pick one, they probably take Anthony Edwards to pair with uh, D'Angelo Russell in the backcourt. That wouldn't really surprise me. Maybe they lean towards Lamelo, but you know I like the Edwards fit a little bit more there. As for two with Golden State, I mean that's so uncertain. You've been seeing every day the rumors coming out that interested in pretty much every player in the class. You know, I, I still think that the Warriors are going to trade their pick for maybe an asset, see if they can get a center uh, or, or another forward that can, they can pair with Draymond. But you know, there's just so many like so many different options for for Golden State to go with their pick, and and I think for Charlotte they probably take Lamelo if he's still on the board. But you know, you mentioned Wiseman; he's a real interesting player because. He's been linked linked to guys like David Robinson, and uh, I, I think that's just an unfair evaluation of him because he's only played a, 
I think maybe two two or three college games. Uh, you know, he, he hasn't really been around the block a lot. Everyone's kind of going off of high school tape. And he was, a, he was a beast in high school, but he does have a lot of flaws to his game, even defensively, which is meant to be you know, the biggest part of his game. But, you know, I can still see Wiseman going top three if a team wants to buy it. Maybe Charlotte buy it. Maybe Golden State buy it if they stay off your pick. But it's crazy how just uncertain this draft order is going to go. Whereas, you know, previous years, like last year, we knew Zion was going to go pick one. We knew Jar was going to go pick two. That was a guarantee. But this is one of those drafts that it's just like, we don't really know what's going to happen until we, we really see it because uh, big boards and mock drafts, like, they're kind of all over the place at the moment. Yeah, and I feel like it's also going to be one of those drafts that we're not going to really be able to gauge until maybe a few years from now because it seems like other other than LaMelo Ball, I, I can't name a guy here that I actually feel 100% confident is going to be an impact player when they enter the league. Like a lot of these guys, I think you could see, you know, somebody like a James Weissman, even, you know, he could be an, an all-star caliber player, or he can end up being just a really solid role player. And that's, that's a huge swing. If you really think about it. Mm, yeah. I think, I think another guy to add to that list is someone that's going to be pretty impactful from when they first enter the league. Uh, I would probably say I'm not the biggest fan, but Obi Toppin, you know, he's a really talented mm. offensive player. I'm going to give him that. Obviously, defensively, he is a huge risk and a liability. But, you know, I think offensively, he's going to be that guy that's going to go out there, whether he's taken by the Knicks or one of his other teams. He's going to give you he's going to give you 15 points a night from the get go. I think he's he's such a talented scorer and he's such a threat at the four that you know, the powerful position that he's going to be good, like decent straight away. I think defensively, though, uh, massive concerns. So that's very interesting because Obi Toppin, I was just about to ask you about him because I feel like you see some mocks where he is considered like as high as number two because if, if the Warriors keep their pick, you know, a lot of people think they're they're so high on him they might take him just at that spot and just get the guy they want. But then you're also seeing mocks where he goes as low as like number 10 or number 12. And I feel like there's such a mixed bag on top. And so you're high on him. It seems like you think he's going to come in and, you know, right off the bat average about 15 and be an impact player. I think, yeah, I think coming into the league, he's quite polished. Obviously spent a few years at at Dayton. You know, I think he's going to be, I don't really buy the, you know, the LeBron comparisons or or, all these wild comps that have been out there for him. But I also don't think he's ever going to be an impactful defender at the pro level, but you know, there's no denying he's a very talented offensive player. You know, he can shoot from three. He's very, very good at the rim. You can run, pick, and roll with him all game. Like, he's such a talented three-level scorer. And, um, you know, he definitely will be an impactful offensive player. Like, there's no there's no denying it. But, yeah, defensively, obviously, his physical makeup isn't the best. Uh, I think there's, there's a reason that he's probably falling to 10 on some mocks. But, you know, I, I do think a team like Golden State, maybe not Golden State, but maybe a team in maybe the, the five to seven range could bite on top and. I, but yeah, his his projection is wild at the moment. I agree with that. You know, you see him going pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Would, would you want the Bulls to bite on a guy like Toppin potentially, or do you, would you rather go for the point guard in that case? That's interesting because I think that Toppin could probably be viewed as someone that could play Larry Markinen's role. But I, I think that really depends on what the Bulls want to do with Markinen. And I think, I think too, Toppin's actually older than Markinen heading into the league as well, or like very, very close to being older than him. So I think they're the same age. So I think that uh, I'm not really sure. I probably wouldn't buy on Toppin if I'm the Bulls. I think he kind of fits what maybe the Knicks are trying to do, bring in some X Factor, maybe the Detroit Pistons. 
Uh, but yeah, I, I just think the Bulls really need to address just point guard or maybe wing, like small forward. It just kind of has to be either of those two. I'm happy with Wendell Carter. You know, for now, I'm happy with Larry Markkinen. If he doesn't perform, obviously, you know, this is his contract year. If he's not performing, you know, the trade, the trade deadline will come around and he will be, you know, available. There's no denying that. So I think he's got a lot to prove this season. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we get a lot out of him. So, you know, I don't really think adding uh, Toppin is going to fix a lot of the Bulls' problems. You're still going to have the same problem with nobody really being able to get him the ball. Uh, so I just think, you know, point guard is probably the best way to go. And, you know, just to clarify, so Markinen is older than Toppin, but only by a year. You know, he's 22 right now. Markinen's 23. So that's crazy to think about. But you forget, Laurie Markinen came out at, at, you know, 19. So it's crazy. But... You know, another scenario that, that has been painted, and it brought up that Boston has three picks, and I believe um, the Knicks have two picks. Could you see a scenario where the Bulls decide to move down with the Knicks or with the Celtics? And what would be some names that, that you're looking at later in the first round that could be attractive for a team like the Bulls if they go that route? Yeah, so I, I yeah. feel like this is going to be one of these drafts similar to 2013, the, the Giannis draft, where um, you know the best player might not be picked until like maybe the late lottery. I think there's going to be some good players in this draft, but not necessarily guys that go, you know, in the top two or the top three, like we've seen previous years. Um, you know, someone I'm really high on is uh, Kyra Lewis Jr. He worked out for Bulls, I believe, today or might have been yesterday. He's a point guard who's viewed as quick as Darren Fox. You know, he can pass a little bit. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a talented scorer, a talented passer. He's going to be, I, I think he reminds me a lot of Darren Fox, but a better shooter coming into the league. Uh, he's projected to go around the 15 to 17 range, but I also read somewhere that, you know, he could go inside the top 10. So he's another guy whose draft position is, is really unknown, but I'm really high on him. Uh, somebody I got to watch quite a lot uh, when the last NBL season happened was RJ Hampton, who played uh, in New Zealand. Now, he's a guy that's probably started off as a top three player when he signed with the Breakers, but you know his stock really fell as he got less playing time and he didn't really seem comfortable in his role uh, over here. But there's no denying that he's he's a talented scorer. You know he's a, he's a decent passer. He does have a lot of flaws to his game. But you know if if you see, see him available at that 16 or 18 range, or maybe the late lotto, then you know I think buying on a guy like Hampton would probably be worth it. I think he's still got a lot of talent and he's still really really young too. Still 19. Before I let you go, I do want to ask you uh, real quick actually about uh, some of the changes that have happened with the Bulls since you've last been on. Um, what are your thoughts on on the Billy Donovan hire? You know that was sort of a, a surprise for everybody. Um, and with potentially a big draft prospect coming in, it's, it's good to have somebody that could be here for player development. So what are your thoughts on, on the hiring of, of Billy Donovan as Bulls head coach? Honestly, I think it's a great hiring for the Bulls. I believe he was the best candidate available um, when you compare it to some of these other guys that have been picked up. You know, I like the idea of uh, him coming with all this experience, obviously winning national titles in Florida uh, to, you know, making deep finals runs with uh, deep finals run with the uh, conference final run with the Thunder in his first year with KD. You know, he's coached MVPs before he's coached some real talented players. And I think he's got, it's clear he's got a winning mindset. You know, I think he's got a 60 plus percent win ratio in the league. Might, might even be a lot higher than that. You know, I think he's going to, he's going to bring that, that tough mindset. Not, not necessarily a Jim Boylan tough mindset, but I think he's going to bring his different vibe to the team. Uh, and I think he's going to be able to mesh well with AK because obviously they're both going to have the same goal. You know, there's a reason AK would have hired him. They definitely would be on the same page. And, you know, I think if, if Billy Donovan can get the most out of this young core, you know, we haven't really seen him coach young players before that are trying to prove themselves in a league like a Markinen or a Carter or a Kobe White. But if he can get the most out of these guys and put them in the best positions to succeed, which Jim Boylan could not this season, then I think that, 
you know, this is going to be a great hire for the Bulls when you look back at it, you know, a couple of years from now. And when you're going to add another top top four pick, um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a really nice reason to be excited about what this team can do. I probably still don't think they're ready for the playoffs yet, but look, I, I'm probably more focused on just seeing them improve rather than seeing how many games they can win. Uh, I think that, you know, setting a goal to be like a seventh seed would be a bit unrealistic with, when you look at teams that are going to be in the picture, like Brooklyn Nets, who've got, uh, obviously, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving playing. You know, the East is going to be loaded next season. And, uh, you know, as long as the Bulls show improvement and it looks like they're going down the right track of actually becoming one of these winning, you know, championship-caliber teams. And, you know, I think we've got a lot to look forward to. And it's definitely a a nice sign to have a couple of competent people in the front office and then you bring in such an experienced NBA head coach, too. Mm-hmm. No, and it's – one thing I really like about uh, Billy Donovan is – and you saw this with, with Oklahoma City – he changes his philosophy based on the roster he has in front of him. And that's what's really got me excited because I want to see what he can do with Laurie Markin. And I want to see what he can do with, to me, Wendell Carter is the guy I want to see him get his hands on because that guy to me could break out as a stud defender. And really, I think he could actually show you a lot of improvement on the offensive end this year. So that's one thing I'm really looking forward to with, with Billy Donovan, you know, leading the charge as head coach. Yeah, I think it's good to mention that Wendell Carter's offensive game because we all know Wendell Carter can pass, but hasn't really put, been put in the position to succeed as a playmaker, you know, from the post or from the perimeter. And I think we look at how Stephen Adams was used under Donovan this year. I think his assist count tripled or doubled the season. And, you know, we yeah. saw him make a lot of these uh, finding cutters. You know, he was used out of the mid post as a passer. You know, he found shooters and Adams as a guy you can play out of the post. And, you know, now he's going to be able to make these really smart reads that you see guys like Draymond being able to make. You know, I, I, I think Carter is a more talented passer than Adams. And, you know, when he's got shooters around him, like if you've got Kobe White, Zach Levine in the backcourt, and if Otto Porter's healthy on the wing, and obviously Larry Markinen, you've got four shooters that can knock down that, that three ball consistently. And I think, you know, if you let Wendell Carter run a little bit more offense, I think he's going to thrive a lot when he gets a lot more confident having ball in hand. Because, you know, how he was used this season as a dual handoff guy, you know, as a roll a rolling big. And obviously, let's not even talk about defensively. That was a nightmare. You know, there's just so much more to his game that we just haven't seen yet. I'm excited to, you know, see what we get from Wendell because I still think he's a piece on this Bulls team. But, you know, if anybody's going to be, is going to take it, you know, a massive leap, I think it's fair to say, you know, if Markinen can come back, he's going to be good next season. But, you know, I think Carter's potential because he's already massive at the defensive end of the floor. There's no denying that. But, you know, if he can get his <clears> offense, <throat> offense down, you know, there's no reason he can't be one of the best centers in the East or even in the league, you know, going forward. He's still so young. How old is he? I think 21 still. Yeah, yeah. He's he's still very young. And, you know, the craziest thing, you mentioned that he still has the, you know, he has the acumen defensively as such a young player. I mean, think about this. With Jim Boylan, you know, he actually got nothing new out of Wendell Carter. And that's what's just crazy is like you still think that Wendell Carter, though, is a solid player with a high IQ. And now you actually put a competent coach in front of him. I think it's freaking fantastic. And, you know, you brought up his versatility of what you could do with him offensively. I would love to see him top of the key more. Like, to me, he could probably do a lot of damage as a passer up there. And, like, with some of the guys you can have to space the floor, like Zach and and Laurie and even Otto Porter – I think he could do a lot of damage that way. You could see his assist totals go up like crazy next year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we saw how Carter was used in his first year under Fred before Fred was let go by the Bulls. And, you know, we saw him have third, like 25-point games. You know, we saw him passing out of the perimeter. We saw him shooting a lot more jumpers. And, you know, watching these playoffs and seeing how guys like Bam Adebayo was used, you know, that small ball center, that modern-day NBA center is just going to be so 
uh, is going to be so valuable to this Bulls team. And you know, he's Wendell's going to be a guy that's going to get a lot of money when he becomes a, a restricted free agent a couple of years from now. And you know, I think if I think if anyone can develop a shot between him and Bam, you know, I put I put a lot of money on Wendell being that guy because he's got a really nice form already, and I think he's probably. I think he's a polished shooter. I know the percentages don't show that. And obviously the frequency and the volume has been really low. But, you know, it's fair to say Wendell's got a nice shooting form. And he's. I think he's very close to being a complete, a complete player once he gets his confidence up, gets a few more touches. So, Josh, real quick before I let you go, is there anything you got coming down the pipeline, either on the podcast or at uh, on Tap Sports? Now? Honestly, man, yeah, I've been getting my finals out of the way for school. So, for me, my basketball coverage and content has been pretty low lately, uh, podcast-wise too. But... No, I definitely am looking to get back into it before this draft. Um, I'm probably going to try and get a few more pieces out on on ball and, and other candidates the Bulls can, you know, care to pick for or maybe a potential trade up or trade down. Just the same stuff we've been talking about. But, uh, you know, we've got less than a month to go until the draft. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure there'll be some content coming out, honestly. We don't care about your finals. We don't care about your education. We want more Bulls. Okay, sorry. <laughs> hey, that's it, man. That's it. Well, everyone wants the Bulls stuff. <laughs> hey, Josh, appreciate your time and appreciate you uh, sharing your insight and knowledge on on some of these prospects. Really appreciate it, and we'll, we'll definitely have you on again soon. Hey, sounds good, man. Thank you for listening to the Rebuildable Podcast. Be sure to check us out and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever else you stream your podcasts.